You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective, and Startup Club's house in Clubhouse. It's free, it always will be free. There are no strings attached. There is no bait and switch. Lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions with the author. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot with virtual coffee, with the collective cafe where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course, join us every day live. It is addictive and remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot. This is Alpha Collective's Collective Cafe. My name is Joseph Jaffe. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning for people that are in Discord, that are in Clubhouse, that will come into Clubhouse, that are listening to the podcast version on demand. bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go. 
special shout out to Mark, who's been here since the beginning with me today, the last four or five minutes. Uh, if it ends up being uh, intimate, then, then you know, better for both of us. At some point, if anyone wants to come onto stage, they can do that as well. It is Marketing Mondays. I've done a little bit of a reboot, a, re, um, a reordering of the Collective Cafe. We're going to be doing two live book reads every week. You know what? At some point, I might even push it to five because I, I had this like brainwave, this epiphany last week, which is, look, last year, 2023, I probably read two books, maybe one and a half, maybe two and a half. But in terms of business books, no more than two. I can get through 12 to 15 this year by dedicating the 8 to 9 a.m. slot. Almost, I mean, if you think about it, it's it's actually like so obvious, right? Which is if you schedule time to anything, if you schedule time to go to the gym, if you schedule time with your spouse, if you schedule time to worry, if you schedule time to be depressed, if you schedule time, you know, to, to rant and rave and, you know, invent, scheduling time to do anything and then sticking to that time is a, is a really good thing to do. And um, for me, scheduling time to read a book, books, plural, and discuss them and get smarter in the process of doing them, it just makes total sense. So tomorrow we start Crucial Conversations, Tuesday morning, and then on Thursday we continue reading Four Obsessions of an Extraordinary Executive. My idea behind these books is I'm definitely leaning into the whole leadership and entrepreneurial um, uh, road or, or roadmap or pathway, etc., uh, and that itself is is very much connected to my focus as a business and leadership coach. Um, and uh, I coach EOS, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. So the idea, of course, is, look, there's nothing stopping hundreds, thousands of people coming and enjoying this live book read. Eventually, the author will probably come in and join us too. Um, but the idea is I'm sh I show up. I show up whether there's one person in the room, whether there's a thousand people in the room. At the moment, I'm kind of, uh, you know, hostage to Clubhouse and Clubhouse's algorithm. And and that's okay. And in addition to that, you know, the fact that there still aren't many games in town, but there will be. And so, you know, first move advantage counts. It always has counted. It always will count. But sometimes you can also be too early in the process. And so in order to be able to make sure that you are in the right place at the right time, sometimes you just got to stick it out. You've got to just, you know, tread water. You've got to be in that holding pattern. And that doesn't mean fall asleep and it doesn't mean become complacent. What it means is that you have to actually just be alert at all times. You've got to stay in the game, but you've also got to be alert. And that's a new insight um, in, now that I think about it as well, because it's you know, just being able to say, well, I was there, I was in the chasing pack, I was in the mob, I was, you know, I showed up every day. Well, that's just, that's one part of it. You also have to basically be mobilized. You have to be ready to pounce. You have to be ready to attack. You have to be ready to jump at a moment's notice. So you can't be asleep at the wheel. And I think that's kind of how I look at it as, as a one-two punch. Anyway, let's get into it today. We're going to talk about um, Elmo. Um, I'm, I've got like a six-minute clip that I'm going to play for you. This is actually a clip from the Today Show, um, not only talking about what happened, but actually having Elmo on the Today Show. And of course, for those of you that were following, uh, Larry David ended up doing something as well, which of course we can talk about too. This is Marketing Monday. So the idea is to talk about the marketing implications, whether we talk about marketing, branding, advertising, media, you know, the, the connection between sales and marketing, um, the ability to tell stories from a messaging standpoint. We can, we can attack this on many different levels. But the essence of it is that, you know, Elmo innocuously um, sent out a tweet and uh, the response was overwhelming. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you the six and a half minute clip and then I will um, uh, provide some commentary and uh, let's see where the conversation goes. So without further ado, here is the Today Show. Oh, 
we are back with the little red guy <laughs> behind a simple tweet that in just three short days has been viewed nearly 200 million mm -hmm. times. Of course, we're talking about our dear friend Elmo. He did oh. something so sweet, and it sparked kind of an unexpected reaction online. Well, we want Elmo to tell us what he learned from all this in a moment. But first, let's check out more on the post behind the frenzy. So happy it makes him want to dance. An innocent post this week from one of Sesame Street's favorite furry friends has gone viral. Elmo wrote, Elmo's just checking in. How's everybody doing? With nearly 200 million views. Those kind, thoughtful nine words touched a nerve. These are out of Elmo's emotion. Tens of thousands of users on X sharing with the three-year-old Muppet how they're really feeling. Some saying the responses amount to a social media trauma dump. One response, not good, Elmo, not good. Another simply said, Elmo, we are tired. Another writing, Elmo, girl, I'm having a quarter-life crisis right now, and I can't get my stuff together to finish this last semester. I'm mentally burned out, and I have a lifetime of working to go. One tweet expressing, Elmo was just checking in. He didn't ask for all this. La, 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 Elmo song. That may be so, but Elmo took to social media to respond, saying, wow, Elmo's glad he asked. Elmo learned that it is important to ask a friend how they're doing. Elmo will check in again soon, friends. Elmo loves you. Hashtag emotional well-being. Celebrities, including Dionne Warwick, T-Pain, Rachel Ziegler, and Garfield sending Elmo responses. Even the president weighing in, tweeting, I know how hard it is some days to sweep the clouds away and get to sunnier days, adding, even though it's hard, you are never alone. And our own Craig Melvin sent this message. Thanks for checking in, Elmo. Mondays are hard. Hope you're doing great. Be sure to check on Oscar. He always seems to be in a mood. All right, so we're so happy because look who's here. Hi, Elmo and his dad hey. made the trip from Sesame Street. Uh, Elmo, you good, asked, morning. good morning. Good morning. You asked everybody how they're doing. So how about today we turn the tables? How are you doing? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Well, you know, Elmo's really, really happy. Um, and Elmo's glad that he got to talk to a lot of people yeah. and see how they're doing. Louie, were you surprised that Elmo, you know, tweeted that, asking how people were, and you got so many views, 180 million mm -hmm. plus, and people really, I guess they told the truth, you know, how they were feeling, good or bad. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of people expressing a lot of feelings out there. It gave me some goosebumps, I'll tell you that. Aww. So so many people willing to just let my boy know what's really going on inside. Aww. Yeah, and you know what? Um, Daddy helps Elmo with the Twitter, with the, with the X, because, um... <laughs> Elmo can't read? Oh, oh you're only three. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of run it for him. He's yeah, okay. only three and a half. His, oh, yeah. His fingers right. don't really know the letters that good. Yeah. And he's big. He needs a social media manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's is. amazing. He can't read, but the grammar is always perfect. Oh, well, Elmo tries. Yeah. Elmo, you, you, you obviously got a lot of responses from people that are, like, overwhelmed, that are dealing with a lot yeah. in life. What does Elmo do when, when Elmo's overwhelmed and Elmo's dealing with a lot? Well, you know, it's important to remember that we all have a lot of feelings, and that's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's good to, to know what feeling you're having. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if you're feeling sad or worried or confused, that you can talk to someone that you love and trust. And, and it's good to talk about it. I know Me that too. your dad read you a lot of those tweets. Yeah. So which ones, Elmo, stood out to you? What did Ooh. you see and go, wow, that was cool? But there were so many. Yeah. There, there, there was the president. Yeah. Which was, which Elmo, Elmo couldn't believe that. Yeah. Yeah, and Craig's was really good too. Oh, Craig, yours <laughs> was good too. Well, you know, I've loved you for a long time, Elmo, <laughs> so I was just so happy that you decided to take some, some time out of your day to just check on all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's very important to check on your friends and see how they're doing because maybe they're not doing okay or maybe they are, but it's good to talk about it. 40,000 responses. We don't even know how to count that high yet. Do That's we? right. I'm going to count to 11. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Louie, you, you guys put the hashtag emotional well-being, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just a matter of 
you, maybe you can't fix the problem, but just asking and knowing that someone cares, don't you think? Well, emotional well-being, that's that's kind of the key. It's, it's as important as your physical health. So learning what feelings you have inside and uh, how to name them and healthy ways to express them, well, that's, that's just part of living. Nowadays, you've got to get it out. Yes. yes. Elmo, you know what this tells me? It tells me that people feel so comfortable and close to you mm -hmm. that they can tell you all of the things that are bothering them. <laughs> And you're so special. And you know what else is special about what? you? What? You have a birthday yes. coming up. That's true. Oh, that my is. gosh. That's On true. Saturday, you're going to be three and a half again. That's right. Elmo's going to be three and a half, just like last year and the year before. Oh, and the year before. How are you going to celebrate? What are you going to do? <laughs> well, um, Elmo's having a party if you want to come by. Oh, absolutely. Daddy, can we have a party? Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> are we going to invite all 40,000 of those people that responded? Yes, everybody's Everybody. Everybody. Get more paper Louis, I love what you said when he read the, the, the responses. He got goosebumps. Yeah. And you're so furry. How did you know? <laughs> you just, yeah. The hair kind of stands up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Guys, oh. Elmo. Elmo and Louis, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank so you much. so much. I love what you started, Elmo. Great job. Keep you're checking the coolest. In. All right. Checking and in. we are okay. going to have more on Elmo's well done, unique son. voice on social media on our website at today.com. Hey, thanks for watching. Don't miss the Today Show every weekday at. Okay, so. That was just a little bit of a clip, and uh, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of commentary, a little bit of thoughts from my uh, perspective, and then we'll kind of like try and unpack it a little bit and talk about what's really, what really is going on, what was going on. Um, so first of all, there is no question that this innocuous, seemingly innocuous tweet uh, struck a chord, uh, struck a nerve, actually went to um, X, and uh, the latest update was 19,000 comments, 59,000 retweets, 157,000 likes, 20,000 bookmarks, and overall 208.2 million views. Of course, the tweet was as simple as Elmo is just checking in. How is everyone, how is everybody doing? Elmo is just checking in. How is everybody doing? And, and clearly, a lot of comments like Rain Wilson. This is, I'm just looking at my, you know, my page. I'm kind of a crossroads and frankly could use a little support. Um, Greg, who is this, like, you know, this viral guy on, on tweet, on tweet, on Twitter said, Elmo going to be rich when he gets his ad revenue on Friday. Um, I'm trying to see a few, a few more uh, people as well. Um, you know, Washingo. Um, I'm at my lowest. Thanks for asking. Uh, Hedonista Lisa, I did not have us all trauma dumping on Elmo on my bingo card. In the reality, uh, uh, here's another one that just said, uh, and I don't know whether these people are famous, not famous, uh, Myro, Taylor's version, Paramore. Um, Elmo, we are tired. Among us, said suffering. So whether we call this a trauma dump on Elmo um, or actually just the reality that um, yeah, people people are struggling right now. The world is in chaos. The world is really, really um, going through just a tremendous, tremendous upheaval at the moment. There's just no two ways about it. Last night I did a, a podcast, and the first the first topic we're talking about was was television and why brands are kind of leaving X and moving to TikTok when it comes to the Super Bowl. And the other one was about, about local newspapers. And, and in both cases, I was just like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just like, it, it's chaos out there. You know, if you're a brand, if you're trying to figure out where to get noticed, if you're figuring out how to get more bang for your buck on the Super Bowl, do you go to Instagram? Do you go to TikTok? Do you go to X? You know, local newspapers, just, it's a mess. It's really a mess out there. And, and I think, you know, in many respects, look, if we wanted to just ladder up, the power of just being able to send, I don't know, a family member, a friend, even publicly, just be able to say, hey, just checking in. How are you doing? You know, being able to reach out every now and then and just, um, and just ask that question, whether it's coming from a three-and-a-half-year-old apparently a female, I thought Elmo was a male, but uh, I'm not really sure, but uh, a little puppet that says, how is everyone doing? The power 
of being able to ask that question. Now, the fact that it's coming from Elmo, does it make it easier to be able to respond? Does it, does it create um, a safer environment? The fact that you're talking to a puppet, that you're not talking to you know, your boss or a therapist or I don't know, a family member or a friend, maybe it's a bit harder sometimes to be able to do that, to be able to actually just be honest and open and, and vulnerable um, maybe the problem is we aren't asking that question enough. And even when we are, do we even mean it? Is there even, you know, is there that authenticity there that, that allows us to be able to say, well, do you really actually care how I'm doing? And, and if I'm not doing well, what are you going to do about it? Can you help me? Will you help me? Um, so it should never be lip service. So this is kind of what happens is this, this kind of innocuous tweet I mean, I, um, you know, for me, I try and ask like questions that, or, or that, that no one else is asking. And for me, the question is if I could ask Elmo the question, or at least, you know, the, the puppeteer or, or the voice behind Elmo, which is what prompted you to actually create this, this tweet? What prompted you? What was the thinking behind it? And for the most part, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the response was, I wasn't thinking, I just did it. I was just like, hey, you know, whatever, you know. I did it because I could. Um, I did it because I wanted to. But it was just so easy just to be able to go and say, hey, just checking in, what's going on? Maybe it's because there was no content strategy that day. Maybe it was because there was no pre-programmed, you know, tweet or whatever. It was just, it was just, hey, just, you know, I don't know, like something just, almost random something just this almost seemed like um you know that no thinking went into it and maybe that was the power of it that that we that there was no overthinking there was just the ability to say hey what's going on like what's you know how can i help you know simple simple words so succinct you know twitter went from 140 to 280 to i don't know how many characters now if you've got uh if you've got uh, premium or if you've got blue, if you've got premium plus, you could probably write an entire dissertation in the form of a post. But, you know, as that old saying goes, and I think it's, I think it's uh, uh, Mark Twain, let me just check. I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. Um, this was, um, no, it wasn't. Why did I think it was Mark Twain? Um, it seems... Uh, it seems like a lot of people. I'm seeing Cicero. Um, I'm seeing, uh, you know, maybe it's Mark Twain. Maybe it's John Locke. Uh, looks like looks like a lot of people have said this before. But it's the same concept. I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. There is power in brevity. There is power in being succinct. There is power in a little three-and-a-half-year-old um, child in the form of Elmo just saying, checking in. How's everybody doing? How are you doing? You okay? Everything good? And then, of course, my point is having the ability to, to follow up. So what happens then? I mean, you know, as I mentioned, we are currently living through a mental health crisis. It is unprecedented. We're at a point where just last week all the social media companies were, you know, in a room once again testifying uh, in front of Congress, where um, you know fingers are being pointed to quote one of the I guess it was senators or um, you know you have blood on your hands, Mr. Zuckerberg. Um, that that people are you know social media has been used and abused and 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 I will tell you as one of the first I will be one of the first people to say that. You know, I was one of the first people on social media. I was one of the first marketers on social media. I was one of the, you know, I was I was on Twitter within months of it launching. Um, I was a booster. I was, you know, I, I spoke about the leveling of playing fields and the power of community and the ability to bring people together. Join the Conversation was my book that I wrote in 2007. But for a while now, I didn't. I don't jump on bandwagons. For at least a while, for over a year at least, I've been now pushing back and rebelling against what has happened. This addiction, the social media addiction, the isolation, um, you know, the bullying, the cyberbullying, and 
And I'm not even getting into um, the deep faking and the politics and the, you know, and and um, the trolling, uh, etc. I'm talking about just what it's being, what it's doing to our children, you know, to an entire generation that is now growing up completely, you know, traumatized and damaged uh, by social media. Now, obviously, with everything, any power can be used for good or evil, right? Any superpower can be used for good or for evil. And and I'm not getting all like sanctimonious and melodramatic, self-righteous, however you want to call it, you know, but in this case, just a little tweet was able to do a lot um, and go far. But with it also comes, you know, all the, you know, and, and I didn't follow this, but I probably will. But which brands then jumped on the bandwagon saying, I call it jumping on the brandwagon, you know, which is, hey, listen, let's respond to Elmo. or What can we do? And I mean, even the Today Show basically using this content um, as as fodder, as fresh meat, doing a whole segment on it, inviting Elmo in. You know, the fact that one of the anchors actually sent Elmo um, a comment. The President of the United States weighed in as well. So how much of that is is opportunistic, you know, and, and, and Machiavellian versus just genuine being able to, quite frankly, as I said, join the conversation. So you had a lot of that too, right? Everybody trying to get in on the act. Everyone trying to get their 15, I call it 15 streams or 15 retweets of fame. You know, the um, the idea of, of, hey, listen, let's let's go to wherever um, wherever the action is, wherever the engagement is, um, because because for the most part, it's just flatlining out there. There's just there's just, you know, the, the our biggest challenge right now is the fact that there is no, you know, we talk about signal and noise, but oftentimes it's just silence. It's it's deafening and deathly silence that actually drowns out the noise, which drowns out the signal. That's the reality. You know, it's the same thing like when we say, um, I always say that um, I once wrote a, a post a long time ago, a blog post when people still blogged. And uh, and the title of the blog post was Embrace Hate. And what I actually meant by it was, it was actually um, an image of Crocs. And I said, these are the most disgustingly but ugly shoes I've ever seen in my life. I hate them, right? And the whole point was, was, and and I'll just you know just go down this this tangent for just a little bit longer. Um, I've often said you know hate is the same thing as it's just the opposite of love. So when someone says they hate you, they're saying I love you, but I just want you to work a little bit harder to earn that love. So it is apathy and indifference and no emotion, which is the real killer. That's the real that that silence is deathly. That's why they call it deathly silence deathly silence because it is you know in that silence it is just absolutely like deafening you know and 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 can drive you mad in many respects and so the goal has always been to fight indifference and apathy but also to fight the silence. Now, of course, meditation is great. And, you know, sometimes being able to, you know, be able to be comfortable with yourself and by yourself and in isolation. But that's another story for another day. You know, when 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 I ran the, the New York Marathon, um, you know, I came preloaded with all the podcasts and and all the music in the world, but I just couldn't listen to any of it. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to drown out essentially the life around me with with you know stuff that I could be listening to you know at home. I wanted to hear the sounds of the the crowd, the voices, the 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 noises, the cheering, the the music, the bands playing. Um, and so that was just that was a decision, you know, which is instead of drowning, we can be drowned out by or we can drown out. But sometimes we have to just kind of like embrace the noise in many respects. But so let's go back to, you know, the, the, the topic at hand and, and talk about, you know, this innocuous Elmo tweet and the responses. And by the way, um, <clears throat> I don't know if it was the same segment. It must have been because Elmo was there. But Larry David was, was on promoting um, uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. And he actually went and like attacked Elmo and started like strangling him. 
and uh, you know, like only Larry David would do. So in many respects, we talk about marketing, right? Well, we talk about winners and losers. Well, you know, I mean, certainly uh, uh, Sesame Street and Elmo is a big winner, I would say, you know, although I'm sure there was a lot of attacking and, you know, and, and you know, the, <laughs> such is the nature of X. Um, but, you know, Larry David, very on brand and on strategy to do something so, you know, socially awkward or, or questionable or politically incorrect and actually go and like strangle the little, you know, three and a whole, three and a half year old twerp, you know, basically kind of saying kumbaya, kumbaya, everyone, when, you know, there was a little bit of underlying truth in the fact that maybe there were some people that did want to strangle Elmo for, you know, for all the, for, for uh, striking this nerve, this cord, you know, and, and dealing with the fact that people are, are, are really, really struggling right now. I'm looking at, uh, one from Stephen that said, the world is burning around us, Elmo. Um, and um, I mean, here's another one. Um, uh, says, wife left me, daughters don't respect me, my job is a joke. Any more questions, Elmo? Jesus, man. Um, I mean, some of the stuff is 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 um, is pretty radical. Um, here's another one uh, from 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline that says, Hey, Elmo, we're here for anyone struggling with difficult emotions, no matter what someone may be going through. Uh, the Lifeline is here to help. Call or text 988 to connect with a trained, caring crisis counselor who's ready to support you 24-7. So that, you know, that to me is, is great brand opportunism. You know, being able to insert yourself um, in the right way at the right time with the right message. Now, here's one from Paddington Bear that says, Dear Elmo, it was kind of you to check in on all your friends this week. I've been busy making a lot of marmalade. How are you doing? So, so to me, this one doesn't sit as well. This one doesn't feel as good, right? All the little characters now talking to one another and jumping, you know, and, 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 and kind of being opportunistic in a sense. It just doesn't feel, it feels wrong. You know, it feels like Paddington is a loser. You know, um, you know, he has one, of course, you would expect Oreo, you know, ran out of milk, do the math. Um, you know, terrible response, in my opinion. Um, just, just um, you know, just, just tone deaf. Um, uh, even now you could argue and push back on me and, uh, you know, and say, um, come on, Joe, live a little, chill out, be calm. You know, here's another response from Alyssa that says, don't tell Cookie Monster, he won't be okay. So responding to Oreo. Um, but you know, when I go down just, uh, just a little bit, um, I see one from like Ashley St. Clair that says the hidden replies with like three skulls. Um, so, you know, you can see that there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, here's another one. I mean, it's just, it, it's really fascinating. Ritz Crackers said, maybe it's best if you save this question for a different time. Now, I find that to be a really interesting one as well. Brand saying kind of cut it out, um, you know. So it, it's just, you know, it, it's just very, very different, uh, very different responses and, um and and in many respects, it is a um, it's a cross section. It's a pretty representative cross section um, of the world right now. So what I'd what I'd like to do is just you know talk a little bit about because it is you know as I said this is a this today's marketing Monday is just talk a little bit about kind of like deconstructing everything that happened um, and kind of recognizing. Um, you know, why it happened. So for example, um, you know, why did it strike a nerve? Um, well, it, it, this tweet clearly uh, tapped into a collective need, right? The world, the world as a collective has this need for connection and acknowledgement um, of shared struggles, um, especially in these tough times of social and personal, you know, upheaval. Um, and but why did it strike a nerve? Be, well, the simplicity and the innocence of Elmo, um, you know, contrasted with the complexity of people's emotions, just made it um, a, a kind of like a, a catalyst or a focal point, a, a almost like a um, a jumping off a leap pad um, to be able to amplify. Um, second point is um, what I would call reaction dynamics. So, 
much of the reaction stemmed from the fact it was it was Elmo, right, who is a universally recognized and beloved character doing the asking. So the the again this the innocence and genuine concern you know just highlights the stark reality of the world state so you know it it isn't just it isn't this is content and context it isn't just hey checking in how's it going times are tough it's the fact that it was coming from elmo so if it had been um you know i don't know if it had i mean it's an interesting question if it had been i don't know brené brown or uh, dr phil um would would they have got the same reaction i think clearly the answer is no um third point narrative focus while you know we recognize that backlash and snarkiness are just common not only on social media um but in particular in particular on x the overwhelming response to elmo's tweet suggests um a deeper underlying narrative so it's it's the story is not really social media's negativity it's much more the acute need for connection and addressing the mental health crisis so this you know the framing by elmo and and, and uh, sesame street becomes an opportunity to reflect and connect rather than spin you know rather than spin so you know i don't know if it in fact is spin now to you know emphasize the positive role that social media can play in facilitating genuine conversations however the fact is that if there are opportunities we should use them now whether you call that a clubhouse room whether you call that a discord server whether you call it um a zoom um you know the question is whether it is public or private or semi public or whatever the case may be today's conversation takes place um on clubhouse in order to be present to listen to this conversation you need to be on clubhouse which not many people are uh, relatively you also need to be available at a certain time you need to be aware of the room there are many um reasons that would uh, accelerate that that would that would um there are many reasons that would uh, impact people showing up or not showing up right um so the the second ability is then to have uh, a podcast version of this that people can then download there's still a barrier um to entry that makes it a little bit tougher you know so how do we in a public forum or public environment be able to just get something out there and do it in a way that can impact and reach the most people and the answer is x you know it always was twitter was always at its at its peak and at its purest um the 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 global town square the public town square that was always what it was meant to be that in its heart in its purest form um it was that it was the ability to just put something out there without thinking and be able to reach the entire world without borders or boundaries and of course what i mean by that is you didn't necessarily need to be on twitter to be able to be impacted by twitter how um and and i said this last night on that podcast which is back in and i mean like talk about being an og i'm talking about 2006 2007 um when twitter when twitter was launched that's when my company crayon when i launched my company crayon which was probably the world's first social media boutique um and we would say to our clients we got good news and bad news for you the good news is your consumer is not on twitter because we're so early the bad news is the journalists are and so that became a really interesting way to think about it right that so these days you know twitter was what we called a reach activator Twitter was the ability for um you know for ideas to spread like wildfire it was an accelerant it was like paraffin it was you know squirting you know kind of gasoline you know on a on a spark which became a raging fire that fire could represent passion it could represent a movement the concept of arab spring 
at its purest. Now, of course, Elon has gone, uh, unfortunately, and really muddied the waters. And and I think actually in his attempt to maybe restore Twitter to what it once was, has now created something that is um, that is just confused. But then a little three and a half three and a half year old, you know, red puppet comes along and maybe just maybe restores a little bit of um, faith in in what social media once was and perhaps perhaps could become again something to think about and uh, and something to strive towards I think um, so you know there are a couple of other marketing implications that I would add um, first of all um, I would say, or maybe just call them key takeaways. Um, number one is the viral potential of authentic engagement. A simple, genuine message can resonate wildly, capturing attention across every demographic, every geog- geography, every type of person in the world. And, um, you know, keep it simple, stupid, right? And of course, the the genuineness of it. Um, you can, of course, look at the whole Elmo situation and say, and 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 try and be snarky and be skeptical and you know and be a cynic. Um, life is too short to be to be cynical, in my opinion. Um, you know, well, was you know they're just trying to get more people to I don't know buy Elmo puppets or you know or 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 chew. No, 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 no. Just, just, just. Sometimes don't overcomplicate it. Sometimes the simplest solution is often the correct one, Occam's law. Um, number two, and so, by the way, just to kind of, you know, um, touch on that again, um, when I say the viral potential of authentic engagement is we're talking about ideas worth spreading. You know, Seth Godin spoke about unleashing the idea virus. The word viral and viral marketing has been so used and abused and misused as well. But if you want something to just grab uh, attention and spread like wildfire, here is a little bit of, I mean, the, the, the seeds are planted here. Simplicity, um, authenticity, and delivered by the right messenger. Number two, emotional resonance. So content that touches on just universal human experiences can really create so much more um, in return. And, uh, you know, so like, how are you doing? Like just something as, uh, as, as checking in, as, you know, being able to reach out and, 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 and touch someone, um, you know, not in a, um, in a way that's going to end up uh, in a lawsuit, just kidding. Uh, but, but, you know, the fact that, that, this, you know, this was this wasn't functional. This wasn't, you know, this wasn't um, just a. Uh, don't forget to tune in tonight. I um, mean, this was this was emotional. Um, it struck a chord. It struck a nerve. Um, in its simplicity, in its authenticity, um, you know, the human condition, the human experience, uh, we can all relate. You know, my, my new book which is called Forever Changed. I'll, I'll put it, um, I, I'm not really talking about it much because I've been too busy um, and, I, and I mean to. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and if, if you, if you want to check it out, it's, uh, it's called Forever Changed, How a Global Pandemic Changed My Direction, My Purpose and My Life. Oh, that's interesting. It says we don't support this link, foreverchange.life. Okay, that's news to me. I wonder why. Maybe it's because it's dot life. Let me just put it put it below. Well, that's just a slightly disappointing. But I'm going to go ahead and put it here for you. Maybe I got it wrong. Forever changed dot life. I'm going to do it now. Sorry for taking so long. You know, the one thing that I say in the book uh, and the essence of the book is that I start off by kind of saying when 
Well, first of all, the last time that the entire world went through the same experience the same way, right? Everyone in the world went through the experience, the, exa- the exact same experience, the exact same way. It was, it was the flood, as in Noah's flood. Like even World War II was not, you know, I mean, if you were, if you were a Nazi, uh, you definitely experienced a very different, you know, a different um, world war than someone who was living in Poland or, or a Jew, whatever the case may be. Or you could have been living in the Galapagos or Madagascar and probably experienced a very different. So it was, it was the flood. And I mean that obviously somewhat tongue-in-cheek. But the point is, we all went through COVID. We all went through it together. We can all relate. Every single person in this room right now, Mark, Brian, Naza, uh, uh, Rosigo, Chris, Raphael, Slick, um, Isa, Steve, um, Costanza, uh, Constance, Great, Venus. We all went through it together. I can ask each and every one of you, where were you when the world stood still? Every single one of you. I can ask this question. I can absolutely, we can talk about it. You can tell me where you were. You can tell me how it affected you. I can absolutely identify. I can empathize with you because I was there. I was with you. There are very few and far between people that that can't connect or say, I don't really understand. Like, I hear you, but I don't really, I, I can't imagine what that would have. Of course you can imagine what that was like. So right now, we're all kind of still going through the same trauma. We're still kind of going through the same thing. These are still the, the aftershocks or the tremors of COVID. People struggling with work, with, with mental health, being laid off. You know, there are layoffs at the moment, dealing with inflation. We're all going through it still together, which hopefully means we can relate. Number three, brand persona impact. This is the messenger. So there's the content, the context, and the messenger. So... Elmo, in this particular case, could, could humanize and be, as opposed to, can you imagine the, the, uh, the Oreo, another four-letter word, the Oreo cookie asking that same question. That just shows you, right? There's, there's you know, the content, the context, and the messenger. Can you imagine Oreo being able to ask that question? People would be like, seriously? Shut up, you know? Um, and so... In this, you know, and there was, it, it wasn't just the well-loved and the beloved, but also the childlikeness, the innocence that just made it feel um, more real. Fourth, social media reach. So in this, again, Elmo could have just sent an email. Elmo could have just said it on the show. But this does show that, that you know, when done right and in the right context and with the right platforms, that, that an idea can literally, you know, almost like, like Superman just speeding around the world, an idea can, can circle and circumvent the world in, in seconds and engage everyone from celebrities to, you know, blue collar, however you want to look at it, in meaningful dialogue where everyone can get in the act, which includes, unfortunately, and sometimes fortunately, the brands. And then I would say... The fifth is um, crisis management because um, this definitely, in exposing nerves, um, there were there was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of stuff that bubbled up and 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 came to the surface. So, you know, negative reactions demand require you know um, swift, empathetic responses to maintain, um, you know to maintain both brand integrity and support community well-being. So in this particular case, you know, seeing a response from a crisis or suicide hotline was super important, um, critical, in fact, to be able to, you know, recognize, you know, you can't just put stuff out there and then walk away. You know, I always think of a, a title 
um, for today. And uh, <laughs> these were my notes today. So I just wrote down, first of all, I thought I would, I thought I would uh, call today's episode when I, when I put it out um, on, you know, the podcast and do a little LinkedIn article and a Substack article, 15 streams of fame. Um, and then I wrote down emotional damage, emotional damage. Um, then I wrote down deathly silence. Um, and then I just came up with a name now, which is set it and forget it. So today's title will be called set it and forget it. The podcast version of it, because it's, because it's actually the opposite. You can't just, you know, put something out there and then just walk away. You got to be prepared for the best and you got to be prepared for the worst. And if I've learned anything from and in social media, it is that no matter what you do, what's the old saying? No good deed goes unpunished. No matter what you do, no matter what your intentions are, you know, you're going to get it all. You're going to get um you're going to get the good, you're going to get the bad, and you're going to just get the ugly. I'm seeing now something from Domino's um, <clears throat> that says, you know, totally fine. And there's like a, a fire and just like a, I don't know what happened in, in like just, you know, just some kind of a crisis in Domino's. Um, I'm seeing Chipotle that says, um, you know, craving a burrito. What's Elmo's Chipotle order? Terrible, awful. Makes me never want to go into a Chipotle uh, again. Um, I see one from Not The Bee that says, the world is burning, Elmo. No amount of tickles can fix this. So you get it all. You know, you get the good, you get the bad, and you get the ugly. Donut operator said, Elmo sold me fentanyl behind Target. Um. And you got to be prepared for it. And I think the bottom line is this, which is, you know, if you want to play the social media game, <clears throat> you have got, got um, to be present and you've got to be um, engaged and you cannot just set it and forget it. And you have to, have to anticipate the good, the bad and the ugly the best and the worst of humanity all come out in this melting pot that is social media in general, but certainly X um, specifically. You see it more in X than you will on any other platform, um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, but, but mainly it's because still of the very public nature of X. And I think it's just important to, to remember that and to recognize. So whilst that initial statement, your consumer is not on Twitter, but the bad news is the journalists are. In some respects, we've gone back to that. I was shocked last night um, that one of the panelists on this podcast that I was on actually said right now, um, Twitter slash X's reach is not comparable with the Facebooks and the TikToks and the Instagrams anymore, but actually with Nextdoor as a platform. So even with all the, you know, with, with all the decline, people that have closed down their accounts, people that have abandoned ship, the brands have abandoned ship. The brands generally don't have much spine. So, you know, when the wind shifts direction or even blows a little bit against they fold, um, you know, they fold. It's just the way brands have always been. Most brands don't have a spine. Most brands aren't prepared to take a stand. Most brands don't have a point of view. And they will move in whatever direction um, the wind is blowing. And so that's why they have vacated um, the shores of Twitter and X. But I have to tell you, remember earlier I said, 
you know, if Dr. Phil had, um, you know, said the exact same thing, would the world have responded in kind the way it did? But I would also go so far as to say, remember, the three points, the three takeaways from today, there is the content, there is the context, there is the messenger. And amidst all of that, it's not just the fact it was Elmo, it was Elmo saying what he said on this specific platform. If Elmo had said the same thing on um, as an Instagram story, um, as a Facebook post, would the world have responded the way the world did? I would argue no. So sometimes, you know, you got to be in the right place at the right time. Sometimes, you know, you capture lightning in a bottle and you try and do it again. Quite frankly, this is what I've learned from being in this industry for almost 20 years and being one of the, you know, founding marketers in the space to the degree that you could even have Elmo try a different statement next week, you know, on X and the world could just ignore and not take and not pay attention. This is the, uh, the fluidity, the, uh, how transient, um, you know, how unpredictable, uh, this is the flow of life at the moment where, um, we just, (laughs) there seems to be no playbook just saw another comment on the thing that says, I feel like we all died in 2020. It's a very true statement. In many respects, a piece of us, a piece of of everyone in the world died in 2020. Planet Fitness, out here being judgment-free like we're supposed to be. Why? Why? Why do that? I even see one from Elon Musk, the parody account that says, what's up, Elmo? How do you like X? For every, <laughs> for every, for every genuine, you know, smart, well-meaning person, there are 10 idiots out there, that's for sure. And I could probably restate that statement, which is, for every well-intentioning brand, there are 100 idiot brands out there. Clueless idiot brands. So I'm going to leave today um, by just saying to you, hey, I'm just checking in. How's everybody doing? I hope today made a difference. Um, I hope this was, there is only one benchmark that I use for these sessions, which was today, good use of your time. Do you walk out feeling a little bit better about yourself, a better, better about the world? Do you feel smarter? Did I give you, was there even one insight that you can take and use and think about? Did I give you something to think about? The answer is to yes. If the answer is yes to any of them, then I did my job today. I'm back tomorrow. We're here typically um, 8 to 9 a.m., um, Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday, except when you know I have a coaching session or I'm traveling or whatever the case may be. Um, if you want to um, just, I mean, you can see, you can follow Startup Club, you can you know, hit the bell, my bell. Um, but I also created little, um, kind of like little short uh, bit.ly's, bit.ly forward slash Clubhouse Monday, Clubhouse Tuesday, bit.ly forward slash Clubhouse Wednesday, etc. We do live live read of uh, Crucial Conversations tomorrow. We do a live read of four obsessions on Thursday. Um, I see uh, uh, Isa or Isa said 100. Um, come back, please come back. And most importantly, tell a friend. Every day I'm going to ask you, by the way, Mark, thank you. You were here from the beginning to the end. Please tell a friend. Let's build this. Let's turn this into um, a community-powered room or or a session where we can affect an impact positively. I call it HPO. 
Actually, my mother, my late mother, abbreviated it to HPO. It's not TV, it's HPO. Hope, positivity, and optimism. And if there's time left over, a little bit of marketing. Just two more things to let you know just before I close the room. Right at the top, you will see app.poapp, these URLs. That's an opportunity for you to grab what is essentially an NFT, but it's a badge that proves that you had coffee with me in February. And at the end of the year, people will be able to use these POAPs to exchange them for signed copies of my book, for you know, a private one-on-one coaching sessions, a whole bunch of experiences at the end of the year. And also, if you do want to check out the new book, foreverchange.life, I'm going to start talking it up a lot more in the weeks and months to come. Uh, it is the world's first book where readers get royalties. So you can actually buy what is essentially a royalty splitter or a royalty NFT on the website. You'll get five copies of the book and you will be able to um, get one thousandth of 10% of all the book's royalties. So um, community capitalism, as I call it. Anyway, have a wonderful day. It is 8.58. I will see some of you tomorrow morning, bright and early. Um, And um, remember, final thought. I've said about 12 final thoughts today. But the final thought is if you do go out and you ask someone how they're doing, um, make sure that you really listen to their response um, and make sure that if they're not doing well, that you actually are prepared to do something about it, that you are prepared to actually listen or, or you know, give them some of your time or do your best to help them out of a tough situation. Uh, take care, everyone, and uh, see you tomorrow. Bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.